Um, I just want to start this by saying when Russ first asked me um, to um, preach on this passage of scripture, my first thoughts were, oh, I like God to just download me with a revelation of something. So for me to start looking at scripture and saying, what are you saying, Lord, concerning this word? Can I say this? The, the gospel is good news. And as I've just been spending time on this particular passage, what I've found is this. Throughout my day, you'll hear certain things that I'll bring out. I am questioning, am I doing this? Am I saying this? And um, I really want to encourage you to start reading the word. <laughs> Probably if you already are, that's fantastic. Um, but it's, it does change it. It does transform you. The Holy Spirit brings it back to your remembrance and challenges you um, from your natural carnal behaviour to how we should be behaving according to the Word of God. So, um, yeah, I'll just move it over if that's okay. So Colossians 4, from verse 2 to verse <clears throat> 10. And it says this, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Tychicus will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He, Antichicus, will tell you everything that's happening here. Lord, I, I pray that um, you'll help me to just um, speak your word. Um, I pray that anything that's from me just falls to the ground. And I pray that, Father, that you will open people's hearts. You'll open their ears. You'll open their minds. And I pray, Father, that this word will be received into their hearts and it will transform them. In Jesus' name. Um, I looked up the word. It starts off with devote yourselves. I looked up the word devote, just in the English dictionary, and it said, give all or most of one's time and resources to. It's not an occasional thing we give our attention to. We give our energy to it. 
and examples in the dictionary says this, he left his job to devote more time to his family. She devoted all her energies, life care of homeless people and she devoted to her sick mother. And you know, recently um, I've watched um, both my bosses uh, have lost their mothers um, and I, they never came into work. They just devoted all of that time to spend with them, their parents. Um, and just, you know, everything that they needed, they supplied for it. They gave everything of themselves to look after their parents. And it really spoke volumes of the fact of, you know, just devoting. That's really what it is. Um, I recently listened to something that um, Russell sent me and it was an athlete. And an athlete devotes himself to whatever it is that if he's a runner, he does it every single day. He'll get up, that alarm clock sets at a certain time and he's up and then running shoes are on and he's out, he's devoted, he doesn't have time off. He's devoted to it. And it says, devote yourselves to prayer. And it says, keep an alert, alert in the dictionary says, being focused being engaged, not just half-hearted in it. Be vigilant about, vigilant, sorry, about praying. And you know, so many times, um, I don't know about you, but I know like sometimes when I pray, I'll be thinking, oh, I've got that ironing to do later and I've got that cleaning in that bedroom to do. Oh, and did I turn the washing machine on? And your mind wonders you know, you, you go in there with good intentions in your bedroom to pray, but the mind wonders and it's like when you're praying, stay alert, stay focused, get rid of those thoughts. Just keep your mind on what it is exactly that you need to pray for. Um, it says, um, keep an alert so you, you're keeping alert, you're being focused, you're engaged, you're not just half-hearted in it. And it says, with thanksgiving, and this is a key component of our praying, with thanks, you know, you all know I've got grandchildren and they stay with me nearly every weekend. And when we all get into my bed um, to begin with, and one of the things that I'm teaching them to do is pray. And they don't do it with their mum, but they do it with me. And it's like a deja vu. My great-grandma, I used to stay with her, and she used to get me praying for members of, like, we had a big family. But all as I remember saying is, bless Auntie Josie, bless Auntie Casey, bless. It was just a continual bless, bless. And I probably got to sleep before I got through to half of the family members. But I uh, encourage them to just say a prayer, what they want or they need in their lives. And then I always say, now I want you to thank God for something about today. And, and it's amazing what they'll thank God for, even for like the sunshine, you know, from the innocence of children. It's amazing how it, it makes me realise how I take some things for granted, you know, and it's powerful. There's power in thanksgiving. Um, prayer, it goes on to say about prayer. And um, 
Prayer is just our communication with God. It's like, you know, we talk, we go to him, we talk to him, we tell him, you know, Lord, I'm really struggling today with this sickness in my body. And I know what your word says. It says, by your stripes, I'm healed. It's, you know, I look back and I think the times when, um, you know, when I was a baby Christian and let's say even grown up Christian, there were times when I'd go to prayer meetings and I'd feel so anxious because I would feel like everybody's prayer was so magnificent and I felt like all as I've got to say is, Lord, can you help me with this? Or can you help me with that? Or thanks. Just it was so little. And the enemy sometimes wants us to believe that we can't pray. And that is a lie. We can pray. It's communication with God. It's being just like you'd tell me things we're telling him. It's that simple. Um. And, and, and prayer is this, it's our requests. You know, um, we sang a song before and it was like, you know, heal the brokenhearted. I found myself praying for my daughter, heal her heart, Lord, as we were singing that song. You know, it, 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 it's amazing how prayer can happen so naturally. And, you know, prayer isn't just coming to a prayer meeting. You know, I'm in work and I'm praying. Even in work, sometimes when I'm doing my job and I'm not sure really, you know, how to do this particular thing, it's like, Lord, will you help me? Will you help me do this? Will you give me wisdom? Give me a strategy? And and it's amazing how those things change and, and they just come about. Um, and I, I just want to make us more mindful of that, of like constantly asking him for, for his help when you're struggling. You know, and I think when you're independent, sometimes you think, oh, well, I can do this myself. And But it's, it's so much easier just asking him to help you. Praise is involved as well in praying, um, to give him praise and thanksgiving. Lord, you're great. You're amazing. I thank you for the things that you've done in my life in the past. I thank you for what you've got ahead in my future. Um, so, verse 3, it talks about this. Paul had a prayer request. He's in prison. He's in the midst of his confinement. And his request is this, that God will open a door even though he's confined, he does not want the word of God to be confined. So he's in prison and he's saying, God, will you open a door? And he's actually asking his fellow believers, will you pray for this for me? He's asking them, pray that a door of opportunity is open to me. He's in prison and he still wants to preach the message. I mean, when you think about it, if I was in prison, I'd probably be moaning and groaning. God, why am I here and get me out of here? <laughs> Not that I'm a celebrity, but definitely get me out of here. Um, you know, and, and that, that was his prayer request. It was like in the midst of his confinement, he's requesting the church to pray that God will open a door Um even though he's confined, he still wants the word of God preached. 
I think that's amazing. Um, and I think it's a good model uh, of a prayer for us to pray as well. God, open a door of opportunity for me to speak to this person, to speak to that person, um, to share his word. Yeah, and even though he's in prison, he's confined, he's, he's, he's not shut up, you know, he's still speaking. Amazing, amazing. Um, verses 5 and 6, this talks about the relationship with the believers and the unbelievers. And this is at home and at work. And it says, conduct yourself with wisdom, making the most with all your uh, dealings with outsiders. And you can portray Jesus with your life. So for those who don't know Jesus, they get their perceptions about Jesus from us. Um, this really challenged me as over the last few weeks in the workplace. And I love the Amplified version because it says, let your speech be full of, seasoned with salt and full of grace. And it kept coming back to me, you know, when I was saying some things, if you think about it, when we cook, and Carol will know this, like as you taste your cook and you go, mm, it needs a little bit more salt in that, give it a bit more flavour. And then all of a sudden it tastes good. It was bland before, now it tastes good. And that's the way we are to be. It's like with the outsider that we taste good, that we're saying things that's full of grace, not beating people up. We're full of salt, seasoned with salt, and we're full of grace. And I found myself this, you know, the past couple of weeks when I was speaking to certain people, this kept coming back to my remembrance. Donna, are you speaking full of salt? Are you speaking full of grace? It's amazing. And it's amazing how, when you're aware of it, your vocabulary and your words change. You know, and you find, I find that more people are like, actually, I even got a text off one girl. I loved our conversation today. You know, so um, it's just, just making you aware of that. I really want to make you aware of it. Do non-believers think, I don't want to be around you? Because all you do is bash me about the head um, and make me feel not good. Really, I want you to remember about seasoned with salt. Am I tasty what I'm saying? Is it full of grace? Very good. Um, verses 7 and 8, these are what we call the letter bearers. So um, they are bringing letters to uh, the church at Colossians and they're basically telling, they're bringing the letters to talk about what Paul has to say and they're able to answer questions to the church about what, how Paul's doing and anything else that the, uh, they want to know. These are the ones that bring the letters, not only are they delivering the letters but they're also going to be able to answer questions about Paul and his imprisonment. Um, Paul's situation, is he going to trial? And he describes Tychicus as a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord. He also sent him to be an encourager. And these were the men on Paul's team 
Isn't that amazing how God causes us to work in teams? You know, you see like Russ and Bibi, you see Ken and Jeanette. And, and that's what he does. He brings teams together. And then there's obviously more teams that rustle with other churches. Um, and for me, that really spoke a lot of the fact of like, sometimes we do need encouragements. I mean, I love it sometimes when um, Russ will put up about, you know, another church and how they're doing or where they need prayers for, they're struggling in certain areas or just the good news that they've got of their church growing and the fruit and things like that. It really does encourage you. Um, Verse 9 talks about this guy, Onesimus, and he once was a slave in Philemon's house. So if you read it, it's a very small chapter about Philemon. Um, And he, um, we don't know why Onesimus left the house of Philemon. Um, In one version, it does say that he took something from him. Um, So, you know, here's that guy, he's left, but he makes contact with Paul and through this he gets saved he becomes a a Christian so he wasn't a believer when he left Philemon's house but now he's coming back as a believer from Paul and Paul describes him as a faithful brother he's now coming back with a recommendation from Paul a faithful and beloved brother And you know what, this made me think as well about, you know, sometimes we can mess up um, and and look at the transformation that took place in this man's life. I just thought it was just powerful that God could just save him, deliver him, and then he's part of Paul's team, you know, and he's coming back and he's actually encouraging the church. I wonder if he was quite fearful actually coming back to this house because Philemon was um, his slave master. So, you know, he's going to come back into a situation, but the recommendations come from Paul. um, And it sounds like Paul's greatly valued. So they're coming back to deliver the letters um, and they're going to let the church know how Paul is doing and can I just say this from that whole passage of scripture as I've all said you know when Russell gave me it it really transformed me I really want to encourage you in in the sense of it really made me dig and the when the word goes in, it just shows you how much it just starts working on your heart, how it's brought in situations that word comes back to your remembrance, the praying, the devotion. Um, like what would Russ and Bibi say of me? Would they say she's a faithful, beloved, you know, servant of the Lord? Even your, you know, your reputation goes before you as well. So all these things, it just made me think on these things. And I want to share this. Sometimes in my life I've been disappointed because my prayers have not been answered 
or it's been 36 years, 20 years, and you think, Lord, I don't understand what am I doing that's so wrong that you haven't answered this prayer. Show me what to do. And then, you know, you're waiting for God to just like knock on the door and go, ha, I've got the answer for you now, you know, and it doesn't come. Let me tell you what's happened recently in my life. I am one of seven. We had a brother. We lost a brother a couple of years ago. He passed away. And from the first day that I got saved, I prayed for all my family's salvation. And um, I wouldn't say every day, and I wouldn't say every other day, but, you know, there were a consistency in those first few years. And obviously you don't see change after the years. And sometimes, you know, when I go to family parties, I probably would be the laugh of the the, the night, as in when, you know, a certain time would come, they'd say, Donna, come on, you've got to go now. You've got church tomorrow. And they'd all think it was funny, you know. And for me, it was a case of you just live your life. They know that I've got a relationship with God. Have I preached to them? I can't remember if I have, but I'm their sister and they know me as their sister. Recently, my sister came to stay with me, one of my sisters. She's a nursery nurse in London and she looked after this particular child. Uh, Her parents of the child, one is a minister and his wife. And in, when Russ asked me, it was like, Lord, I feel like I'm not devoted to, to you in prayer. I'm not like, I don't set a certain time. Although throughout the day, I can be praying. And usually of a night. Um, so I felt a bit like, oh, you've got to devote all your time to this. But when I really looked at it, it's like I do devote a, a lot of time to, to prayer. And it may be periodically through the day. But I also thought this. I thought, you know what, Lord? It's like you're asking me to encourage people with prayer. But there's like certain prayers that I'm not seeing answered. And I felt, be real and be honest with your disappointments. And so... My sister comes up and she says to me, Donna, she said, um, this particular boy, their parents came in and they said to her, Margie, we're inviting you to church, like that. So she said, oh yeah, that's really nice. So they said, well, we've got this Christmas thing coming up soon and we'd really like you to come. And she said, okay, okay, fine. So we're sitting in my kitchen and um, she said, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like something's happening. And I can honestly say this. There was like a presence in my kitchen and I know it was the Spirit of God. And I said to her, Margie, her name's Margaret, we call her Margie. Margie, I think the Lord's on your case. And she said, so do I. And she burst out crying and so did I. And the two of us, we just held each other's hand. And for me, it was like, look at all these years. All these years. Don't give up. Don't give up. She then carried on to tell me, do you know what's been happening over the last 
months. She said, like, she's on Facebook and she said one of the girls that was in our nursery, she left and she's been putting up these, like, inspirations every day. And she said every time she'd put one up, it was like it, it was like it was speaking to me. It personally spoke to me for that day. And she said sometimes I'd just start crying as I was reading it. And um, she said she sent a message to this girl saying that really encouraged me thanks for that and then this lady asked for her address and sent her a book and the book's called Jesus is Calling it's a devotional she brought it with her so here's the two of us crying in the kitchen she's got her Jesus calling but we're laughing in between because it's like this is crazy and I found myself saying this Lord do I need to do something here? And this thought came to me. One sows, one waters, but God gives the increase. And I didn't feel to do anything else. Now, we spoke last night and she's going to church next week because the Christmas service is on. So I've said all that to say, Please don't give up on your family or whoever it is that you're praying for. This is 36 years. But I know, I know that my sister's coming through. And you know what? Sometimes it's not members of your own family that actually it's, you know, I'm, I'm not the one. I, I really believe I'm not the one that's going to pray that salvation prayer with her. But I know that the right person is. So don't feel like you're the one that has to do it all. Your prayer is enough. God is at work behind the scenes. And, I, and it's given me such confidence that he's doing it with other members of the family. He's changing their hearts, turning them towards him. And at the right time, you know, I just believe that God is going to do what God wants to do. I just want to encourage you, devote yourselves more to prayer. Give thanksgiving in your prayer. When you're with non-believers, be seasoned with salt, full of grace. Encourage one another with, with uh, good messages. And when you're struggling, pick the phone up and ask someone to pray with you. The enemy wants you to just be quiet and independent pick the phone up and ask people to help you. Such a moving testimony. I got a bit teared up. <laughs> you know, I used to wear these bangles, pray until something happens. You know, just as a reminder, keep pushing through in prayer. Push, P-U-S-H, push. Push through in prayer. Persevere in prayer. And even this one I've got on my hand here, Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you shall receive all things you ask for in prayer. So it's just, yeah, we believe in him and then we receive.